0: Today's episode is sponsored by Strip. After several months of maternity leave, I am back to work, which means I'm also back to wearing makeup. While I do enjoy wearing makeup, I have never enjoyed the process of removing it at the end of the day. Until now, I've been using a new product I love called Strip. It does more than just remove your makeup, though it does do that well. It is skincare that truly nourishes your face with nutrients and vitamins, leaving behind noticeably healthier looking skin. It's made up of clean ingredients and it doesn't have a zillion steps that, frankly, I just don't have time for. I've even shared it with family and friends, and we all agree it leaves your skin feeling so soft and looking replenished. My favorite product is the Caviar Jelly Remover. It removes my makeup while hydrating with these fun, bursting nutrient bubbles. Support your favorite podcast with an awesome product. Check out Strip and use my discount by visiting stripyourmakeup.com forward slash parently. Strip your makeup, not your skin. Hello and welcome to Parently. Where we tap into the unique experiences and perspectives of parents to celebrate the joys and honor the challenges of child rearing. With new interviews each week, this is a podcast for moms and dads seeking an empowering community and a little levity. Now, here's your host, Kelsey Higgins. Hello, and welcome to Parently. Today's guest is Nina Cruz. Nina is a certified conscious parent coach, social worker, and meditation teacher. Her approach to coaching revolves around trauma-informed care that puts others at ease, providing a safe space for everyone to facilitate their individual healing and growth. Nina, welcome to Parently. Thanks, Kelsey. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of interesting titles that you have there that we're going to have to break down Mm. a little bit in this conversation. So I'm excited to do that. But before we go there, tell me a little bit about you. Where did you grow up? Where do you live now?
1: Yeah, I I grew up in Sydney, Australia. Uh, I pretty much grew up on one side of the bridge, on the east side, and now I'm on the north side of the bridge. So haven't gone too far. Um, I've just certainly travelled though, but um, I live with my two children, uh, an eight-year-old, nearly a nine-year-old, and an eleven-year-old, and uh, our two dogs. <laughs> Actually, one's a puppy, and one's four. So um, it's, you're quite it's busy, busy and loud, loud.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so eight and eight and eleven, you said? Yeah. Yeah. What What has been your favorite age so far, as as a oh, parent? Oh, wow! So many different
1: stages. You know, I do remember when my son was probably about five, six months, and he just sat for a long time. He just loved <laughs> to sit. He wasn't crawling yet, so he was sitting, and you know, he would play for hours. And you'd be like, "Is this it?" <laughs> and uh, you know, then he started moving, which was a different phase. Um, but you know. I think all of the phases, you know, have had a bit of both challenge and Mm. beauty, you know, real Mm. amazing moments alongside challenging moments. And, uh, you know, what I've learned over the years is to really harvest and harness that, that the the magic, um, that life is going to throw at you what it will. And, and, and it's all for us to grow. So, um, where we put our focus is and our attention is what we feel. So I've learned mm-hmm. gradually over the uh, process of parenting and that's been a lot of mess-ups and a lot of, you know, breakdowns and breakthroughs is to focus on really the the, the great stuff. And that's not to mean avoid the, the, the challenges, but really um, how can I fill myself up with, you know, focusing on some of the great stuff that I'm doing as a parent and that my children are doing.
0: Mm. Awesome. I love that. Tell me about your professional background and how you got into the field that you're in today. Mm.
1: Well, I left school. Um, I didn't go straight to university. We, we call it university. I think you call it college. Uh, so <laughs> I, <laughs> I, um, I traveled. I was a highly independent child. And I went solo traveling. I saved up money solo traveling. And then I came back and I actually did um, hospitality course and I was working in some hotels and I was just I loved serving people. I loved being around people. I loved that was that was just. Exciting for me, and I always love to chat to people. So
0: mm.
1: I actually used to get in trouble, like uh, you know, like why are you taking so long? And because I'll be chatting to people. <laughs> <laughs> so then after that, I um, did another round of traveling and came back and decided to start a degree, um, at university, and I started an arts degree doing psychology, and then I, um, after my first year, I, I moved to social work, which gave me more of a practicality it was it was a a a great degree because um you know you kind of leave and there's a real pathway and and I that was just what I loved doing was was supporting people and helping people and and you know reminding them of the greatness that's inside of them so Mm. then then I had children (laughs) and uh the world. Changed the how I looked at life and how I did life shifted, and um, I came to parent coaching because of my own challenges. And when I kind of awoken to what was really going on for me, uh, and came to understanding conscious parenting, uh, it it became a natural progression. It wasn't something that I thought that uh, this is what I'm doing. I just gradually uh, moved towards it, and then found that uh, you know I was um, really enjoying supporting parents on their journey. And also um, I always seem to be a little bit ahead of the path where they were. So I, I, it was always fascinating how the clients you attract, um, you know, I've been there or I've experienced that. It's just amazing what, what happens.
0: Yeah. That's really interesting. Let's talk about what conscious parenting is. So you're a certified Uh conscious Uh parent coach. What does that mean? So I've done
1: a course um, certified, you know, nowadays, you know, uh, many teachers certify, uh, you know, different coaching, um, different coaching uh, styles, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, like life coaching or that. And and a lot of this conscious parenting is actually really life coaching and, and the basic prerequisite is that you've had a parent you don't actually have to be a parent which is interesting no. uh <laughs> you don't have to have children to do this work okay. um so um yeah uh conscious parenting so I studied uh with my teacher Dr Shafali, who who is kind of groundbreaking in the parenting movement uh, conscious parenting movement and uh I had already done quite a bit of wellness coaching when I was, I think I missed the bit. I used to do (laughs) um, health and fitness as well. And my fascination was always like, why do they know what to do when they're not doing it? Like they knew what to eat and drink and exercise and that, but there was a real struggle of what, why, why aren't they doing it? And so Mm. this led me towards conscious parenting and understanding paradigms and and how we're set up as a child, like the the programs that we're running and the patterns that we're playing out in life. So it just became um, obvious that my niche market was parents because I was in the thick of it and um, many parents, uh, you know, are challenged by, um, you know, the world today and parenting. It's very different to probably what we grew up in and there's a lot going on.
0: What does a typical day look like for you, um, uh, at, at work? Yeah.
1: So I, I do online zoom sessions.
0: Okay.
1: Um, so I also do, uh, some workshops. I have a, a private Facebook group where I do some workshops and I'm actually doing another one soon. Um, and I also do, um, different, uh, groups, like I'm do a six month program, but that's, that's about changing paradigms. So it's, um, a real template, you know, things that I wish I'd learned as a child growing up, but didn't, Mm -hmm. um, of how to really set your mind up, how to set your mind set up, how to, um, really understand, you know, yourself as a spiritual being, a physical being, um, and a soul here on a, on a human journey. So, um, yeah, I do quite a lot of Zooms online and otherwise, you know, I'm still dropping my kids off. I'm picking them up from school. So I work in between school hours and, and sometimes on Saturdays. It just depends on where the clients are. If they're in the US, I do have a few. Um, we work it out and actually it's not too bad. Australian time, if you're in Eastern Standard time or um, Pacific time, I think yeah, it's not too bad.
0: How do your clients find you? Like what what kind of Mm, I don't know if issues is the right word, but what kind Mm. of challenges would they be facing where they would seek you out?
1: Yeah. So generally there is possibly a behavioral issue that's going on with the child that they hit a, you know, like a point where they just can't cope anymore. A lot of the parents that I work with are overwhelmed, stressed, Uh, you know, there's, there's a variety of issues, you know, from screen issues to um, really feeling challenged to, control in inverted commas, (laughs) Mm -hmm. the child. So, um, and then there's, there's clients that, um, you know, I've had uh, one client where the daughter was uh, cutting. Now um, I work alongside the parents, but they always, as long as they're in some kind of therapeutic intervention as well, you know, whether they're seeing a um, a psychiatrist or a psychologist, I can work alongside um, in that kind of um, care. Uh, oh, okay. yeah so other other clients oh there's there's a array, but generally they come to me at a point of crisis or possibly awakening where they're like I, I, I just or you know firstly this isn't working I'm realizing that punishments aren't working and I'm feeling like really guilty and really bad and nothing's working and I don't know what to do anymore and mm-hmm. then then they could have just started to awaken in certain ways that they want to be the best parent and they realize that maybe there's some things going on beneath the surface when they're getting angry or if they're yelling and they're realizing that it's not really about the child, but they've got some anger or some rage inside that they know maybe is from childhood or from um, ways they've been conditioned or the patterns they're playing out. So it, it can come from either or, and, and in between, um, it really depends. When a person comes, uh, you know that they're ready to do the work because you can't drag someone to the
0: work. <laughs> right, right. Yes, yeah, so you can't drag your partner to the work. <laughs> it's like uh, quitting smoking. You, you can't really <laughs> quit until you want to.
1: <laughs> exactly, exactly,
0: yes. So, Nina, you mentioned guilt. Let's talk about that a little bit. Why Why do parents feel so guilty and and Mm, i i don't know if it's a new feeling but it's certainly something that's much more talked about than Mm. uh, in previous decades
1: yeah well you know we we in our childhood we're often conditioned to um how our patterns play out often it is like we we play a program or a pattern that we we're not enough but we haven't done enough so Mm. when we have a child and and perhaps we were a pleaser as a child. We we learnt and the nothing wrong with these ways of being. These patterns that played out, they they were there to keep us safe and they were there uh, to to help us survive. This is how the ego had to survive and we had to survive as a child. So we learnt, you know, maybe we had to be a certain way for one parent. We had to be a certain way for another, or we had to be quiet, or we or we couldn't be angry. Emotions weren't weren't okay and we couldn't show our emotions so whatever we learned and we played out in in our childhood then we have a child and the child's not purposely trying to you know uh, trigger us but because we we come to our parenting world and all of a sudden we have a child that we may want to try and control things and then mm-hmm. they're not responding or we're trying to overdo and please them. And then because of the pattern we've, that's been set up in childhood, that not, not enough patterns, say, for example, whatever we do is never going to be enough. We could overdo. We could, um, you know, uh, you know they've forgotten something at school, we go and take, we rescue them. So we are acting out certain uh, patterns. From our childhood and we feel like we're never doing enough because our child's not playing that pattern our child is like you know probably looking at us like mom like I'm okay like why are you (laughs) doing all this you know like I'm fine to wear socks with holes in them but you need to have the perfect socks and the perfect outfit and mom I don't want to wear that today and you know and then this is where the tension builds and we have this guilt because the guilt's already inside of us it's just been like the surface is just triggering it and then we're like, "Oh, okay, we can't do enough. We're never doing it right. Uh, my child's swearing at me. Um, and and we, we, we struggle because the outside is mirroring to us something going on inside of us. Sure. So, so the, the external is like a mirror to our inner world. So our child will show us certain things like where we need to let go, where we're too rigid where we've got so many rules, we're not even connecting to the child. We're just rule-based, we're focused on rules and punishment. So this is where generally the parents will come and go, I I just don't know what to do anymore. Like I, whatever I do isn't working. I feel guilty because I'm trying everything. I'm reading all the books. I'm trying every strategy and like nothing's working.
0: Mm.
1: So they feel guilty because innately, we want to be the best parent we can be. We want to give our child everything. But it's in this that, that it can get a bit messy because reality is the child has arrived to us, perfection. We don't need to really do anything to them. We need to release them in a way and allow for their unique unfolding to happen. And then we guide them. But we feel, because of, you know, control and fear, that we need to be doing something all the time. We need to, they need to be doing this lesson or they need to be doing extra something or, and that's certainly not to say you don't intervene when there's a red flag or there's, um, they need support. But often we're overdoing if we have the pattern of perfectionism, of pleasing, we overdo. And that, that response is kind of the fawning response in the fight, flight, freeze fawning where, we're like um, either talking too much a lot, justifying ourselves a lot and overdoing a lot kind of thing. And this, is, this comes into a pattern that we can play out. Um, and it's until we realise, okay, firstly, this isn't working and secondly, start to turn the mirror onto ourselves. And this is the work of conscious parenting is to go, okay, I release the child and I turn the mirror on me. And what is it about me? And what What is this moment asking of me, saying about me? And what am I feeling? Like what is the feeling inside of me? And when you come to that point and uh, of understanding and realise that anything going on has nothing to do with your child, it's all you, mm. you take back your power and you can go, okay, I, I don't need to be fixing my child. There's nothing to fix. I'm now going to take my power back and I'm going to work on me and, and the energy I come to my child with and where do I need to let go? And so it's a very different model to like the mainstream parenting because it flips it where now your child is your teacher. You you may be your child's teacher as well, but your child is also teaching you. So you're you're not all-knowing, all, all hierarchical. You're not, um, you know, it's my way or the highway kind of thing.
0: Yeah, that's a really... Interesting concept because it is so different from, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. from what we hear and what we see. So let me ask this, Nina. You said that you kind of had a personal awakening or, mm-hmm. you, or you came to this through your own mm-hmm. parenting experience. What what was that like? What what was there something specific that happened or what was your inner work that you mm working on.
1: Yeah, well I like, I've always like had a thirst for learning and growing and, and doing work on myself. Mm. Um but when I had my son, you know, he came into the world and and my patterns were control and um, you know, just and there was anxiety because underneath control is, is anxiety. Because mm. you're trying to control everything to feel okay. Mm. Um so it was quite controlling and my son came into the world basically to let me know that there is no chance you're going to control me. <laughs> <laughs> there is no chance. If you want a relationship with me, and no, he's not doing this consciously, but <laughs> right. he's not saying this to me, but yeah. the underneath was if you want to connect with me and you want to, you know, uh, have a relationship with me, control has to go, you know. Um mm-hmm. So I came to the moment probably he he was about um probably about three and a half, and my daughter was um two uh, one and a half sorry je something like that they were young and I had like that moment you know on the bathroom floor where i I was listening to uh, my teacher was on Oprah, and I was listening to Oprah as you do <laughs> right, and right. um I just was a parenting episode and what i was listening to it was like oh, i i just resonated h- highly with and i had the moment that aha moment that was like oh my god all the challenges all the things i'm all the things going on that i'm trying to fix 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 change rearrange micromanage e- externally mm-hmm. had nothing to do with what was going on outside of me that was actually something inside of me that that it was me <laughs> and i was like oh god <laughs> like when I realized that and I really felt it and i like okay that's that's the moment I kind of things started to change and it, it was a process because no one wants to look in the mirror no one wants to realize that whoa, oh, geez I'm responsible for this <laughs> what I've created what I'm creating I'm responsible um so it took time unraveling unfolding understanding myself better and a lot of this work is really to understand yourself better and to see the patterns playing out and choose again because you know when you go in to yell or you go in to try and control something um often you know you're in ego so we do look at the ego when you're in ego as a parent it's kind of this rise of the parental ego that messes things up because we come in with ego which is control and fear and um our child not going to play with that i mean it Dependent on the child you have. There are some children that can be more compliant or their temperament is a little different. But um, you come in trying to shut something down, control something, um, you're going to have their ego. They're going to start to maybe butt back or start to have the tantrum and you're trying to shut it down. And then it's just a mess. that There's no teaching going on. Um, Now, that's certainly not to say, I'm an advocate for perfect parenting, it's in these moments of challenges and of meltdown of of yelling that you have data. You have the, the, the data to be able to go within and go, what was that really about? And that's a lot of what I support parents is to go, really, what was that about, really? Was that really about your child? Um, and so the freedom in that is you start to uh, be able to work on that yourself you take that power back and then you set the child free so the child's going to be and do what the child does now of course there are boundaries there are no punishments but there are boundaries and natural consequences and they certainly arise um so it it's a very different way because you're not going to fix and micromanage and control the child you're 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 starting to become curious not only what's going on inside of you but with the child and you're going to follow their lead a little bit more and see, see, you know, like, because I've had so many moments where I watch myself and, you know, sometimes I'll say something, I'll go in, you know, like, oh, what are you doing? You know, oh, you could do it this way. or you could, And I'm like, why do I do that? Why am I, you know, just let's see what they do. You know, we mm-hmm. come in, we swoop in, like we've got the answer and we know how to do it. And you shouldn't be coloring in past the lines, like serious.
0: <laughs> right.
1: Why Why not? Why, why do we have to color in the lines? <laughs> so it's really questioning things.
0: <laughs> it's really interesting because I think just by becoming a parent in and of itself, mm. there's a whole different side of you and you learn. Mm. Uh, and I don't, I don't think it's necessarily that you change as a, mm. as a person, but the things that you discover about yourself can be, well, it can, it can be tough sometimes. Yeah. You know, as you're saying that you maybe are uh, experiencing the opportunity to work on yourself a little bit.
1: Yeah, exactly. You see that you're like, after you've yelled, you're like, John, who was that? (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. where did that come from? Yeah. And, and that, that explosion that you know sometimes you scare yourself and you scare um you know you you, you get scared because that's powerful that rage that can come up um is scary not only to yourself but to your child um so yeah it's it's really um, looking at what's going on inside and the flip of the model is also flipping that you're starting to go from the inside out instead of the outside in so you're not fixing you're not you're not doing, doing everything outside anymore. You're, you're starting inside and working out.
0: Now you did mention Nina boundaries. Mm -hmm. And I think at one point you, you said um, like guardrails or or guidelines. Yeah. So what are examples of, you know, boundaries that parents should be setting and, and how do they figure, and how do parents figure out when and how to implement Mm. those?
1: Yeah. Yeah, boundaries are very important. Um, you know, they set a clear parameter because, you know, like our children need need those limits, those loving limits. Uh, so there are kind of two two kinds of boundaries. There's a sand or a stone boundary. And the stone boundaries are set in stone. So it's the non-negotiables. Like you can't run on the road. You can't not put your seatbelt on. You you know, a, a non-negotiable could be you need to eat some healthy food. Like that's health you know, you can't have fast food every day. You can't mm. have McDonald's chips every day if that's <laughs> you know, like there needs to be some boundary with with health and the safety. So there are certain ones that just you don't even question. And you'd know that. You'd be able to come up with a list of, of those. And the SAM boundaries are a bit more fluid and a bit more flexible. Um and and are really up to you as the parent, like what what are what is important to you? So, um, you know, sand boundaries would come with with like screen time where you may have a set time and it's really age-dependent because obviously for a three-year-old it would be very different to an eight or nine, ten-year-old. So um, it's looking at the development mental phases of the child and, um, you know, this would probably happen more so with an older child. But looking at like screen time, for example, you, you're setting limits on that, say so maybe 30 minutes or an hour, um, how many times a week you do it. Um, and in terms of flexible would be, okay, well, you're, you've got these times set with your child. They know the times and the days and sort of thing. And then you're flexible. They want it now and you'd already set it for later on. And you're like, okay, well, we can be flexible and move it to you can have it this morning if that's where you really want to have it. So it's really working with the child. Um, other kind of more fluid, fluid um, uh, boundaries uh, would be like, you know, what you're going to eat for dinner. You know, like mm. I, I, my children get a choice. Uh, you know, do you want this or this? So they get to decide. They they choose what they want. So there's there's a boundary in terms of what we have and then we're being a bit fluid. It's not like you have to have this and that's all. Uh, obviously, you know, it's, it's different and different things will come up when all of a sudden you've cooked what they want and then they don't want it, you know, mm-hmm. and the consequence would be, well, that's what you picked. Uh, you know, I'm not co- cooking another meal. Um, you can either eat that or grab yourself a sandwich. You'd have to, you know there's got to be this flexibility there's this working relationship with the child so um they feel seen heard and understood and that's predominantly what they want that's what they desire they want also autonomy but um yeah so if you have an example of a boundary you can let me know consequences are also related to the boundary but um come when they're when the boundary isn't followed
0: yeah. I think I, I like that. It's not a dictatorship, right? Exactly. A, a parent, exactly. parent-child relationship isn't a dictatorship. It, it really exactly. needs to be. Nina, there's something else that I saw uh, in looking through your, your information and, and mm-hmm. kind of your work, and that was uh, the law of attraction. Mm. Can you talk to me a little bit about what that is and how it plays into uh, family dynamics?
1: Yeah, well, we're constantly creating our reality. We're co-creating our reality. So um, whether we're aware of it consciously or whether we're unconscious to it. So we all have a vibration. We've all got, you know, as Einstein said, everything is energy energy. So, mm. even the table is moving, the walls are moving. we just can't see them. everything is actually vibrating. so we all have there's also the law of vibration. so we all have a uh, a vibration we're all on a di- different level. there's all different levels of vibrations if you if we could see them, it's like our phone's on a certain vibration. so if I plug in the right number, I'll be able to call you on that vibration mm-hmm. um, so, in terms of uh, the law of attraction so What we're attracting in our life is actually how we're being. It's our vibration. It's our beingness. So if we look at um, a challenge with our child, like um, resistance that's coming up or something, if we come into, if we're emanating the energy and vibration of resistance with them, we're, we're attracting more resistance. So you're attracting mm. how you're being. So if we came to them in an energy of neutrality and uh, we weren't charged up,
0: mm-hmm. it would
1: be very different what we'd be attracting because we're not adding that energy to our child's resistance. So it would be a very different um, what would play out in the moment with your child. So we're constantly creating these dynamics in our parenting, in our life, and attracting them, but it's how we're being. So we can say something, but if our energy underneath, so that's why kids, like, go, hey, you're saying one thing, but i do not feeling it. Like, you might say, oh, I don't know. I think my son actually said it once to me because I think I was charged up. He said, you say you love me right now. But I'm not feeling it. And I was like, "Oh, oh gosh,
0: jeez!" And,
1: and that was like, "Oh, okay, yeah, I get it." Because I was in the energy of frustration. I'd been triggered by a moment just previously, and it's very hard to jump back into your heart space and your heart energy. You know, when when we have those challenges with our kids we we we're in that reaction phase we're in that our body our vibration our energy is in that reactive phase mm-hmm. so it's really um looking at how you're being so the law of attraction works from the law of vibration so the law of vibration and how you're being is actually set up in your subconscious mind so you're programming so i'm not sure you, if you know much about programming of our mind so between the mm. ages of zero to seven our mind's conditioned programmed so by our caregivers by our parents whoever was um there more often uh okay. who looked after you and so the first three years are quite pivotal um but it's seven years basically our mind is conditioned so if you imagine it like a computer program we we or hardware kind of thing we've got programs just running. Running on autopilot, and this is where, like a paradigm, it's 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 where our automatic habits happen. So you can plant something into the subconscious mind, and it could be a plant a seed of poison, or it could be a a beautiful flower, and they're still both going to grow because whatever you plant in there, there's there's no different distinction. It can only accepts it accepts what it takes in,
0: and it Mm. grows.
1: So with the law of a, a vibration, that's the law of vibration, your, your subconscious programming, what you're emanating, the energy you're emanating out, and that sends out um, a signal out into the universe, say, um, and you are going to be attracting what's in harmony with that program, that paradigm, whatever you're playing, whatever's playing and happening, you are going to uh, be a match. You're going to attract the vibrational match. So Mm -hmm. you know, you know when certain things you go, oh, it's happened three times. Like I've lost this, this, this," you know, like whatever's going on, because Mm -hmm. we're just sending out a signal and it's just coming back. It's basically back and forward. So a lot of the work is is looking at these paradigms in our subconscious uh, program, what's been set up in childhood, and when you shift that your energy shifts, your vibration shifts, so you're no longer playing out a pattern of, say, um, uh, pleasing. So when you shift that and you stop pleasing everybody and doing, uh, saying yes to everything, say, when you shift that and you're no longer that pattern and that paradigm playing out, then what comes back to you is very different. You may not be getting the people that are always needing of you, needy you, because you, you kind of set up a pattern where, When you um, are trying to please, you're going to just get all the people that need, need, need you, your needy people, so you can go and please them. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So it's really um, starting to become aware of your energy. That's where it really stems from. And once you can shift, so the the program, the six-month program I do is all about shifting um, and working on your subconscious programming because also in the subconscious mind, um, this also comes in with like visualization and imagination. That's why kids are so tuned and tapped in and they create so much and, you know, they can say something and then it's happening because um, the, the subconscious mind can't tell the difference between what's real and imagined.
0: Mm, interesting. So
1: um, you can, that's why you can um, imagine something and and have the feelings for it. And this is where it chips onto the law of attraction as well, because a, a lot of the work also I do with parents is to get them to start to really um, tap into creating the parent they want to be. Like, how do they want to feel? And the feeling is the secret, because when you get into that feeling and you start to focus on that feeling, it expands and you can start to be more present with your kids. Uh, you can start to, um, you know, be less controlling and more more. Um, you know, in the moment with them. And so, yeah, some beautiful things can happen. But um, I love all the Mm -hmm. universal laws. I have actually done a workshop on all of them, uh, quite a few of them actually. There's about seven. Um, How with parenting, how you can Mm -hmm. use them with your parenting. And so with the law of attraction, you've got to start to become aware of what you're attracting and that's starting to become aware of what's going on inside of you, what you're thinking, what you're feeling and, and what actions you've been taking. And then when you get to that loop, you disrupt it and you start to shift um, and not. Once that disrupts and no longer playing out on autopilot, you then have the freedom to choose again. And once you choose again, then you become It.
0: What you're describing, Nina, kind of sounds to me like manifesting, yeah, is that a part of yeah. that too?
1: Yeah, creating, manifesting exactly. It's all the law of vibration, mm-hmm. law of attraction comes into that, and then you're manifesting what you're what you're attracting and how you're being, you're manifesting. So yeah, exactly. And also there's other laws that I've talked about, like the law of cause and effect. And this one's pretty big because if you can start to become, uh, start you know start to be the core to to become the cause of your effect instead of it being just it's happening to you. So you taking your power back and no longer a victim. So you're at cause to your effect. That's where things change as well in your parenting. Sure. That you know, you you stop yourself because you can see you're about to go down a rabbit hole or go down a pathway with your child that you know where it's going to end up. You pull it back and you shift it, then you're not going to have that effect, you're going to shift the whole timeline.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, yeah, that's really very powerful.
0: powerful stuff that you're yeah. About. yeah, yeah,
1: lots of beautiful laws, uh, universal laws, which means they are not man or woman made uh they're happening whether you know we're aware of it or not and when we start you can start to understand them and harness the power of them and then work and align to them magic things happen
0: awesome i love that nina where can listeners find out more about you or your classes or uh, all all of that fun stuff well, I have a website, um, Nina Cruz Conscious
1: And, you know, I do free discovery sessions uh, for new clients that, you know, so we can see, you know, what's going on and I can understand and see how I can support them. And okay. on that website, I also have um, a couple of freebies, like a 12 Days of Presence program where you can just pop your email address in and you get an email, and there's 12 days, a, a small, uh, paragraph to read each day and it really will give you focus so um, not only for yourself but your child your child should enjoy a few of the exercises not too much so you don't you won't be overwhelmed um but it can really help you to flex your presence muscle which is really really important in a world of mass distraction right now Mm -hmm. um and that's really what your child wants is they want you they want you to be present and if you look at your child they are so present. They're in the moment. They, something happens, they forget about it. They're, they're in the next moment. And we're the ones breaking right. up the pieces going, what happened? Uh, how like a minute ago they were a mess and now they're fine. Like what? <laughs> <laughs> so um, that working on that is, is really, really uh, supports your connection to your child and will help you even get more connected. Um, And then I have Facebook page, Nina Cruz Conscious Coaching. I have a private Facebook group called Conscious Creators Collective. And in there, there's uh, in the guide section, there's a five-day conscious parenting boot camp. There's a um, three-day unlimited Unstoppable You program workshop. And there's uh, also the um, law of uh, universal laws, how to harness them with your parenting Um, in there as well and lots of meditations and lots of stuff and and then I'm on Instagram that's about it (laughs) you're all
0: over Nina Cruz
1: coach yeah (laughs) I think it's Nina Cruz coach yeah at Nina Cruz coach so, yeah, <laughs> I think I'm on LinkedIn, but I don't really use it that often. <laughs> <laughs> You're out
0: there and listening yeah. can find you. That's Yeah, right. that's right. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, Nina, it's been lovely chatting with you, and I know we could probably go on for uh, forever, but I, I think it's been a, a very interesting and insightful conversation, and I thank you for your time and, and sharing all of your expertise with me and the listeners. Thank you, Kelsey. I've had a great time. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. And to all of the listeners, thank you for joining as well. I invite you to tune in again next week for another insightful conversation. And if you haven't already done so, please be sure to subscribe, rate, and review.